Welcome to the Speech Source Podcast. My name is Mary Brzeek. And I'm Kim Dillon. We are two pediatric speech-language pathologists with a combined 25 years of experience. We are your source for speech, language, feeding, play, and much more in between. Welcome to our first Friday favorite of 2023. These are such fun episodes for us. We love sharing our ideas on toys and books and games, things that you might even already have at home. And we're just wanting to give ideas on ways to use these to help develop speech and language. So today we're doing games. Mary, what is the game that you wanted to talk about today? So my game today is Monkey Around, the Wiggle and Giggle game. And on the box, it says a game for you and your two-year-old ages two plus develop social emotional skills. So this is a game made by Peaceable Kingdom. It comes in a nice square box and it is actually and truly a game for your two-year-old, which is really hard, really, because two-year-olds we don't typically think is being able to play games per se. Rule following rules, not really their thing when they're two. So <laughs> what is really great about this is it's really more of a direction following game. It's a one-step direction game, and it's also a motor-based game, which obviously two-year-olds are all about. So I'm going to open the box here and kind of read some some examples. So basically what this is is there's all these nice, thick circle, like tokens, but I mean, they're larger than that. So about the size of your palm, this circle, and it says an activity to do, and then it also gives a little picture of it. So that's awesome that there's both the written and the visual. I always love that. It's very important to me when I'm looking for a young game is that they have great visuals. So for example, you would pull one out, and then you would act it out together. And then some say solo and some say together. So that's also a fun thing that it can be a joint activity or solo. So the one that I pulled out has a picture of a monkey sleeping on this little banana. And it comes with this little plush banana. It's kind of fun. And it says, pretend to go to sleep using the banana as your pillow. So you're just going to follow that direction. You're going to grab the pillow, put it under your head, the little banana, and then you say, yay, we did it. We followed our direction. And then all you're going to do is get that circle. And it comes with this board that's just this big tree. I don't usually even use the board, to be honest with you. I just really, we just kind of take ones out until they get bored with it. But if you were to try to work on completion, um, as in, you know, it's hard to hold kids' attention and you just want to reward, hey, let's do it. Like this board that they have only has five spaces on it, you know? So being able to complete, hey, let's do it five times. Look, let's do five different ones. We'll put them on the tree and then we'll be all done. We can do it. So again, that's super age appropriate to have five little spaces. So I love this game. I think it's a great motor-based game, direction-based game. The kind of kids that I would use this with really would be all two-year-olds, but even (laughs) even older as well, especially those super active ones. So if you have a really active kid, you're working on 
kind of slowing down, thinking about the words that they hear, pausing for a second and being able to do an activity, this is a really great one. There's also some things that kind of work on balance. One of this is like balance the banana on your head. You There's one that you go on all fours and put the banana on your back. I think that that's also a great opportunity to practice some body awareness. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Just like hearing those vocabulary words for body parts. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like, here's a little, yeah, back, head. There's a toss the banana back and forth to each other, a together one. So, yeah, I think this is a really great game. And again, it's just, it's hard to find uh, something that would be kind of a pre-game for younger kids. And and this is one that I recommend a lot. And I also work on a lot with young kids who need to work on following directions, which is just about every single two-year-old. So right. there we go. And I, and I do, I think having like five little spaces that they have to fill, that's quick and easy. And I think it's a, it sounds like a great introduction to this is a game. We're going to sit down. We're going to open it up. You just that whole start to finish of a game. Mm-hmm. If you start too high or with something too difficult, we actually did it the other day with our family. Um, we, we got a game that was very difficult and we, it took us about 20 minutes to set it up and I had already had everybody around the table and we set it up and everybody was done. Like the game did not even start. Mm -hmm. And so I think just finding things that are age appropriate and that just kind of help them get through it a little quicker until they get older, or I should have learned to get it all set up and then bring them all to the table. So Yes. Oh, that's a little that is that is very true, Kim. Because I've made that mistake too. When if the setup is too long, you've already mm-hmm. lost them. Like yep. Mousetrap, for example. Remember yes. that from our childhood. Yes. Uh-huh. Love that game. But wow, I mean, it takes so long to just do the whole thing. Then all they want to do is just like watch the mouse, watch the whole thing, and then you don't really play the game. So. Right. Yeah. Set it up before. Bring them to the table. Those are just some good tips if you want to yes. really try to teach the game part or get them engaged in the game part or let them play with it for the first few times without playing the game and then try to play the game. Because I do think sometimes the parts, actually the one I'm going to talk about is like this. It They just want to kind of see what's going to happen and mm. don't want to necessarily go through the game to get it to happen first. So sometimes just letting them play around with the game so that they can sit through the game is helpful. Yes. And games are so important in general because you learn such great turn taking. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of practice with one-to-one understanding. I move my piece one space and I say one and then two and three. There's a lot of those early counting skills, lots of language skills, attention, learning about winning and losing. Mm-hmm. So right. whenever we're looking at games, we're looking at all of those different things and choosing ones very specifically based on what we think will be a child can be successful at and maybe even just successful at with support. But definitely, you know, in the young years, like two, for example, we don't need to be working on you know, it doesn't need to be super counting based, right? Like a true winner loser. We, we need a, like, let's work together. And that does really parallel with their play as well. Cause think about as a two-year-old, 
you're really going to be transitioning from the parallel play to the more collaborative play, mm-hmm. right? So it's a really good, this is a really good game and games in general are great to help them when you see that kind of side-by-side learning, side-by-side play, games can help bridge kids to get into that whole understanding of, hey, we can have a shared goal and we can right. do it together, which is mm-hmm. so foreign at that age, but it, it does just really help. It does. And even just um, that, my, especially that my turn, your turn, going out on the playground, like you said, Mary, they're starting to interact with those kids or interact at that age with other kids. So my turn and your turn, just playing on a playground or kicking a ball, things like that. So games really do help teach some of those foundational skills for for play and communication. Mm-hmm. Well, Kim, what game did you bring today? So I chose Pirate Pop-Up. This is a game I use all the time in my speech sessions. My kids at home also like it. This is a great game. Well, it says four plus, but I would even introduce it younger and you would have to help with this, but it is a game that can easily transition into kids playing by themselves. And this is another game that I think when my youngest boy was seven or eight, he taught his little sister, his four-year-old sister, who is four to play. So this is a great game that younger kids can teach even younger kids. And they kind of have that, you know, control and they're teaching. And it's just a great way to get siblings to interact sometimes. And it's easy. It's made by Tommy, which I don't, I'm not really familiar with that um, game brand, T-O-M-Y. And basically you have a big barrel that has all these little slits for different colored swords. You have yellow, green, red, and blue. So four colors. So right there, you can match colors, sort colors, label colors, receptively ID colors, lots of different ways to work on colors. And if you have, say you start with two players, everybody, I might get all the blue swords. The kid I'm working with might have all the red swords. There's a pirate that goes in the middle of the barrel. You kind of push it down. And basically you're taking turns, pushing the sword into the little holes. And eventually the pirate's going to pop. You don't know when he's going to pop. So it's kind of a anticipation game the whole time. And it's just fun. It's simple. I don't, I don't even honestly know if it's you lose when it pops or you win when it pops. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause it just pops and it's fun. Yay. Let's do it again. It's never been like, oh, I won. I don't know, Mary, I don't know if you play that way. Yeah. I have no idea. Like the actual who wins. Everyone just wants the pirate to pop. It's just, it. yeah, yeah, it's just fun to pop. You can obviously play with four people and it's just that great, my turn, your turn again, practicing that turn taking, practicing the words in and out. I use this a lot if we're working with vowel consonants and they're working on in and out, or even just that concept, that basic concept of in and out. And, you know, there's two rows, so you can do top and bottom rows. And it's really fun, especially if you can kind of get around. I, on mine, you can kind of figure out where it ends up triggering. And so a lot of times if I know, I think there's two places that it triggers on most of them. 
but I can kind of know where they are and I'll try to manipulate it to where we're going to get a lot of swords in before it pops. So this is a great way to work on target speech sounds. If you're working on, if you have S homework, we're going to say five S words or three S words, and then you get to put a sword in. Um, I've used it with spelling words before with my kids. So for every spelling word, we get to take a turn. You can use it with math, you know, multiplication facts. You can use it in so many different ways. It's just a really fun reinforcing game. It's quick. It's easy. And I think four is a pretty independent age to play it, but I definitely think you can go younger. Just recently, I have a two-year-old I'm working with and his sister was home during Christmas break. So she wanted to be around and we were incorporating her with sessions. And we used this because she was able to kind of help facilitate that back and forth play. And I was able to model it with her and he picked up on that. And so it's just a really great teaching game. And I love the word pop because that's another fun word that you can work with a constant vowel constant word pop. And then obviously those really great words like, wow, whoa, oh, you know, showing some expression, getting some of those fun words in. And then you can ask what happened? What happened? He popped. And then once you play it one time, when you start over again and you put the pirate in and you can ask that question, what's going to happen? What is the pirate going to do? And kind of practicing that prediction, the pirate's going to pop because now they know what's going to happen, but they get that idea of, oh, I can tell you what's going to happen. I can predict what's going to happen. It's just a lot of fun. It's easy. It's just one. It's not, it's not a lot of setup. (laughs) So you don't lose kids. Love that. Mm I'm like, I did it with my family the other day. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I love to use it with spelling and math. I really haven't thought about doing that. The ways that I've used this one before, and I this was a Christmas gift for my kids at one at one point because it is it's such a crowd pleaser at with our patients. But um the the two ways that I've used it the most, because I do the majority of my of my caseload is early language or early kids and also feeding therapy mm-hmm. is a lot of times I will use it as a quick little break as we're working on food. And I'm like, Hey, let's take a break, grab the pirate out and put the swords on the table. And we do like a rapid fire round. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, that's like, fine. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put the pirate in. We don't know when it at some point it's going to jump up. I don't know if it's going to be your sword, my sword, but let's go. And we're like one, two, three, four, just to like, you know, kind of get the mood light and fun again. So I like to do like a little rapid fire round with it. And it's so that's fast. Fun. And then the other thing I really like to do with pop-up pirate Kim is I like to describe differentiate the emotions surprise and scared with this game. Oh, that's a good idea. Because we say, oh, like, you know, when it pops, we're like, oh my goodness, that surprised me. Oh my gosh, that's so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, because so often kids will just immediately go to scared. But we're like, wait a minute, are we like running away, screaming, crying, hiding under a desk? No, this isn't scared, but it surprised us. Uh-huh. So surprise is a little bit trickier of an emotion to understand. It's kind of like one step removed from that, like, mad, sad right kind of idea, scared. Anyways, I like to talk about surprised. It's, and I like it because mm-hmm. it's not a bit, it isn't a big, scary pop. 
I mean, no, he just pops no, no. up. It's not so surprising that you're kind of like anxiously anticipating. It's it's a fun yes. surprise. It's just like, oh, he popped. You know, yes, got, I got it. So it's a it's a good one to work on that. That's a great word to target with that game for sure. Well, these are two of our really good games for kids. And we we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode. We hope that maybe if you have these in your closet already, this gives you some ideas of how to play with these games and kind of some new and instructional ways. And then if you don't have them, then maybe you put this on your next list for your kids or um, your Amazon cart. And we hope that you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and check out our website, thespeechsource.com. Also check us out on Instagram for more ideas on speech, language, feeding, and play.